You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves, William Gibson, James O'Brien, and Chris Burling. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? User entered your Good evening. And Jason Daniels, he jumped in. How's it going, guys? Uh, hey. Well, we just got started. Uh, first off, we're going to meet uh, Chris Burling, who's uh, new to the team and new to the podcast. Welcome, Chris. Uh, we want to learn a little bit about you and your iRacing uh, information. So when did you get started on iRacing, and how did you hear about it? I started iRacing in 2010, and how I heard about it is I used to work for a university, and one of the kids I signed up for classes, um, he was wearing a NASCAR hat, and so him and I started talking about that, and uh, he mentioned he was racing online, and and, uh, that's how it all kicked off. So 2010, and now we are seven years later, so you've been racing for seven? Seven years before that with uh, NASCAR 2003, uh, probably three years before that, probably a good 10, 12 years at least. <laughs> well, all right. That's pretty cool. Uh, how often are you racing these days? And what series do you normally run? Uh, usually NIS. Uh, I'd like to get more into the road side of things, but um, that's a whole different animal. Uh, right now, uh, mainly just the NIS, and I, I try to get in here. I took a little bit of a hiatus over the summer, uh, just due to I, I play a lot of golf, and uh, so I I was out at the golf course on a daily basis almost. So um, started to get back into because the weather here in Wisconsin is getting a little bit colder. So um, probably uh, I'll be on here probably four or five times a week. Nice, nice. Can't beat golfing and racing. What a mix. That's great. Uh, let's talk about hardware. What do you run for hardware? What kind of wheel and pedals and mo- how many monitors, that kind of thing? Okay. I have a TSPC racer with about, I have the newest wheel coming tomorrow, that R383 wheel. Um, I have uh, Fanatic V3 pedals. I have a GT Omega Pro. Uh, with the uh, three monitor stand, and I have four. I use four monitors as well, um, and then I use a number of third-party software too. Well, that's a nice setup uh, for sure. Uh, you're not kidding around. Uh, what kind of third-party are you running on that fourth monitor? I have. Uh, I'm using Dash Meter uh, Pro for a little Samsung seven-inch. Um, iPad, and then I'm running uh, JRT for timing and scoring, and then I fooled around a little bit with uh, iSpeed and um, uh, Z1 Analyzer as well. Yeah, Z1 Dashboard is probably the the most popular one out there. Uh, Joel Real Timing is, uh, you mentioned JRT, that's Joel Real Timing, that's very popular too. Uh, very cool, uh, sounds like a nice setup, similar to what I got a little bit, but uh, alright, uh, what size are those monitors, by the way? 
Uh, the three uh, panoramic ones are uh, the the two sides are 45 degrees in, and then uh, but they're 24 inch all matched monitors. And then the, my fourth one is a is a 23 inch. Nice, that's a good size. All right, tell us about any leagues you're in or teams, and uh, your and then finally your most memorable iRacing moment. Uh, I just signed up for the majors series, which will start here shortly. Um, that's really my first uh, real um, getting into any type of uh, anything outside of the NIS series, really. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, as far as, what was the second question? I'm sorry. Well, leagues, teams, and uh, your most memorable moment. Uh, the team I was on beforehand, we just kind of all disbanded. Everybody just started to disappear, and others became other teams, and and so on and so forth. So that's why I reached out to you guys. And um, most memorable moment, gosh, um, I had a great win last year in the trucks at Texas. Um, I passed a guy on the outside for the win. Um other than that, uh, I did win the, what was it, uh, 2.4 at Daytona before they went to the 24 hours. I did win one of those at the very beginning of 2011, I think. Um, so probably those two, really. Nice. Uh, Texas is a hard hard place to win, especially in a truck. And, yeah, that Daytona road uh, at 2.4, I remember running that. That was a long time ago. But, uh very good job. All right. Uh, welcome. Uh, we're glad to have you, Chris. Um, it's a natural thing, I think, for teams to disband and regroup with the different people. It, it's happened here. Uh, I don't think it was anything, you know, wrong with the team. It just, you know, people think the grass is greener, and uh, it's funny how that works out. Yeah, you know, like you said, I, I you know, in my case, it just... I think um, people got along better than others. It happens, and and uh, you know, then people begin to talk about you know who's doing the who's doing the most work with the setups and so on and so forth. So that kind of stuff happens, like you said. Yep, that's exactly what I've, I've heard that all before. Deja vu. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it was getting. I, at one point on my team, we had a a couple kind of inner groups, and. One of them was kind of working on sets all by themselves, and they weren't sharing with everybody else. And it kind of got to one of those situations. So it was like, okay. Yeah, that could be a little <laughs> a little bit annoying for, for them. I know. it, But you got to find, a, I think, uh, me jumping to you guys or, you know, I think with the group of people that I, I read the bios and, of everybody. So it looks like a... We're basically all looking for the same thing, so that'll be, as far as building setups and things like that, will be, everybody will be at least to put in their two cents, and and um, so it should be pretty good, I think. Right. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, all right. Let's jump into racing results. Uh, first, uh, NASCAR iRacing Series at Phoenix. Uh, okay. So I guess I'll start out, and then you guys can tell us about your runs. 
again, thanks to the anonymous donor for the set. We actually got it for the week before. Um, but it's been good, and, and when we did need it, it ran fine. So there was no problem with it, and we were happy with the set. I don't think we were trying to make setup changes or anything like that. Well, I went. I was excited uh, to run Phoenix, and I was ready to go. And uh, I sit down at the normal time of the race, and guess what? I'm an hour late. And I'm like, what in the world's going on here? I missed the freaking race. I've been running these races for for four years or something, and I somehow missed the start of the race on my day off. I mean, how does that happen? And so I was asking the guys about it, and. Uh, we actually found the the answer in a forum post. Uh, in the forums, they say the day time starts are catered to the Australia and New Zealand time zones. They don't observe daylight savings time, therefore their races weren't changed for them. But it did for us, and the race times are more ideal for USA were changed to be the same as they've been all season. So that's what they said. I don't think they've did this in the past. What do you, do you guys recall? I couldn't tell you. I don't race enough to know in the daytimes, but I figure it should just be uniform instead of that, or at least say something to everybody before they do that. Well, duh. <laughs> it seemed with this time change, it seemed like with the time change in the spring, there wasn't as much shuffling. That things, there was like the week gap where the U.S. changed before the rest of the world, or vice versa. So it was off for that week, and then it lined right back up. I, I don't remember this happening in the spring. Yeah, I mean, and I think I was like, well, wait a minute. So there's two races. They're both the NASCAR iRacing Series. They're both on Wednesday. And one of them changes by an hour, but the other one doesn't. You know, how does that make any sense? And, uh, well, I guess, you know, it makes sense to iRacing to change it. I don't know. So I missed it. Uh, okay, so anyway, moved on to the open that night. P14, kept my nose clean. Uh, passing is hard at Phoenix. Uh, I, You know, it was basically I was just waiting for someone ahead of me to screw up, and then I could move up there and take their spot. I wasn't able to really pass people unless they made mistakes. Uh, but good pick calls oh, to, keep, to keep, you know, track position was real important. Uh, and I got a P12. Now, William, you ran, uh, William Gibson, you ran with me that night, and you got a P12. Tell us about your run. You know, I was just out there trying to survive. That was actually my first um, NIS open race, and I just wanted to keep the fenders on. At one point, I got into the fence pretty good, but only really had like a minute of damage, so you helped me out there, kind of manage my race, get back on the lead lap, and at one point, I think I was up to like seventh on a final restart, and I swore there was going to be a caution, and we went like the last eight laps with no caution and someone got in the back of me a little bit and I got a little loose. I was glad I held on to it, but that was a long fun race. So this is my first open race and it was a very, um, how do I say this intense and humbling experience. So it makes me more excited to do more of these races and improve myself. And just the level of competition on iRacing is phenomenal. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think I, your first reaction was, boy, it's it was long. It took a long time, and it was hard. Yeah, I raced with the Oculus, so like I was like halfway through the race, I was drenched in my headset. I'm so used to the dirt races, which they take 15, 20 minutes at best. 
And then to sit down and do this, my wife looked at me afterwards like, you've been on there for like two and a half hours. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was um, I was beat for sure. But it was just a very fun, humbling experience. Glad I finished on the lead lap, finished 12th, which um, I was really hoping to get P10 there at the end. But with the little contact there going into three, I'm just glad I didn't put it in the fence. So, Well, great run. Great run. Just wait for a full length race like the Coke 600. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a no, it's terrible Phoenix is probably one of my worst tracks but I try so hard there and it's it worse as performance but I love the track so much and I was looking at my results there since 2015 and it really is hit or miss I think the best I've ever finished there is third and I saw a couple 28th scattered in there and I just kind of hang my head in shame right all right. Uh, I think the next, uh, later in the week, Tony, you ran on Friday. Tony Groves, tell us about your run. Yeah, uh, that was uh, Thursday night that I ran, and uh, <laughs> I-, I was a little uh, nervous going into that one. Uh, Phoenix is uh, one of my worst tracks, um, so I, too, was just kind of playing the survival. Um, I chose not to qualify um, I seated 33rd, so I figured ah, I'll stay at the back and, you know, just try and keep myself out of trouble. Um, and I, I did a pretty good job of that. Um, I got caught up with uh, uh, a runaway wrecked car, um, but it was only 20 seconds of damage, so I just come in and got her fixed up. And uh, I, I was able to pull off a P10. That one surprised the heck out of me, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with that finish. P10, that's great. So, uh, how many on the lead lap do you remember? Oh, no, that I don't remember. But uh, I know that this week and the last couple of weeks that I've been racing, um, I, I've I've gotten my I rating up just a little bit. So now I'm racing, you know, I'm racing guys uh, a couple hundred I rating higher than me. And I'm, I'm definitely noticing uh, uh, the quality of racing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You'll notice that as you uh, get your I rating higher, the uh, the quality goes up, obviously, of the racing. I think you don't have to worry about wrecks as much, but definitely the the whining level will go up the higher your I rating goes. Well, before we get into Sunday, did anybody else run Phoenix? Uh, any? You want to tell us about your race? Yeah, this is Chris. I, I ran, what day was that, Mike? I think we were both in there. Was that Thursday? Anyways, I ended up finishing uh, P10. It ended up uh, for the first, I think, half race. We, I think, we had one caution, and then um, a little past halfway, it became kind of a caution fest there for a while. But I was able to stay out of trouble and uh, finish in a, I think it was P10. So I wow, like I like great. Phoenix. So it's uh, I'm not. Uh, I always like that place. So it was good. All right. Well, uh, I ended up running Sunday Fixed, final event of the week. Uh, P11, best result I had of the week, 140 championship points. Uh, I kept getting run over from the back uh, several times, I think four times, uh, but never really kind of stuffed it in the wall or anything. I was okay. But it, it just seems like, you know, these guys drive in so hard in, into one and or into three and 
they just run right into the back of me. It's not like they're, you know, underneath me or trying to go around the outside, like straight into the back bumper. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Um, I survived, I survived. somehow. What was the uh, strength of field of that for 140 points in 11th place? That's a lot. It's like 3,300 or something. No, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm at 3,200 right now. So uh, it was somewhere in that range. Uh, anyway, uh, I started looking at the points uh, after the uh, Sunday night race. Because uh, there's one week left. You know, 36-week season. Um, right now, P24 in points in Division Two. Um, I'm overtaking no, none other than my teammate, Tyler Conroy, by eight points. So I just uh, bypassed him. Now, he doesn't he hasn't started every week, and that's why. Uh, I do have two wins in the fixed for the season. Uh, Tyler has nine. Um, and, and speaking of that nine wins, I went looking at the overall points of uh, NIS at who had the most wins, and... Tyler is probably top 10 overall with if you look at how many wins they got. And so that's really impressive uh, considering where his I rating is. Uh, anyway, I'm 89th overall going into Homestead. And I wanted to point something out that over the last three seasons, I've ran all the races. I pretty much stay at the same I rating around 30 between 3,000 and 3,200, somewhere in that range, typically. And I pretty much run the same. I think, you know, I don't feel like I'm progressing. But anyway, it looks like this year, you know, I'm going to end up being 89th overall. Last year, I was 20th overall. The year before, I believe I was 11th overall. And it's not me getting worse, it's the competition getting better, and I'm not keeping up with it. That's what's going on. Anyway, I wanted to point that out. I've noticed kind of that too. to be 90th in points, you know? I think anytime you're top 100, it's you're doing pretty well. Uh, I don't know how many active members there are on here, and then how many active oval drivers there are. I feel like it's still a few thousand people. Yeah, certainly something to be proud of, because... Uh, just to finish the 36 weeks and get points in most of them and uh, and to be there because it is the most popular series on the on the circuit so all right uh, I started looking at you know who was the overall points leader and it's this guy named Garrett Lowe l-o-w-e he has he's locked in he doesn't even need to start next week he has so many such a point lead Um he has 10 wins. Congratulations to him. He is also leading the open NIS as well. So he's leading fixed and open. Uh, in open, he's got six wins. Uh, Casey Kerwin, he's second in points. He's got 17 wins for the season. Matt Busa also has 17 wins for the season. So congrats to all those guys. Some really impressive numbers. I think I just think it's phenomenal to be able to commit the time to run week in and week out. That that alone is such a huge hurdle to overcome. Well, I mean, the way that they have the schedule, you know, with their starts on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday, you should be able to find one start a week at least to be able to to run, you know, if it works with your work schedule and that's kind of how it works and 
You know, you don't have to run all of them. Just at least run one and get some points, you know. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah, I was a little confused, but I'm still new to the NIS stuff. But, yeah, no, that is – okay, that makes a little more it's sense. It's going to take then. your best <laughs> result of the week is what it is. Yeah, a lot of those guys have the opportunity to run more than one. If you do two, it'll take your best one. If you do three, it'll take your best two. So you really want to figure out, okay, can I – did I – get enough points in one of those two races if not should i run a third because if you do and you don't realize that you're running for points it can knock your average down so you want to look at it that way too okay got it now and the points are kind of dictated by the strength of the field correct yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all about i rating you know the higher your i rating the more points you get you know because you're in the higher splits, and you're, that's the higher strength of field. And it all works together. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now, because I'm, I'm still a little new to this, and that was one of the things I've always wondered how the points were delegated. Um, I know, like, I think you've been one split ahead of me every time we've run together, Mike. And now I know i got to push myself to get to that next level and get up there with you. <laughs> yeah. And go right on by me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think I got a little ways to go there, but at least catch up to you. Well, I'm just at that point where I'm just not progressing forward. You know, I'm not getting into the first splits, and you know, I'm just stuck at that I rating, my I rating wall. All right. Uh, so Homestead, let's talk that real quick. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you got? Is it going to be a multi-groove track with the fixed dynamic tracks now? I mean, I'm looking forward to that part of it. I love rim riding up against that wall. I had a lot of fun in the B car there uh, in a league race earlier this year, and it was so much fun getting the run down the back stretch and the front stretch. And just people were surprised by the end of the race, you saw four or five more cars up there. It's kind of like Kentucky, where you can just drive in so hard on the top and it just stays off the wall. You just kind of blip the throttle and. That's it, and it makes a lot more fun, even if you're not really gaining any speed up there. I think it's a more fun line to me. It keeps you on your toes more, and uh, you can groove the track in a little bit if you uh, run it up there enough that you'll notice the marbles. You don't hear them as much later on in the run. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of, you know, wanting to see where the the points finish off, Uh Excited uh, that the season's finally finished. Uh, I don't know if I need a break, but I guess I'll be taking the winter break and getting ready for Daytona 500. Uh, all, all right, right let's right. switch gears. Uh, Pro, uh, it's called the Road to Pro or the NASCAR iRacing Pro Series is the official name. Uh, we did run that for the first week uh, last Tuesday. Um, P15, I got wrecked on the start. Uh, but persevered somehow, and uh, I was really happy with the P15. Uh, William Gibson, you ran with me as well. Uh, you wrecked. Uh, and tell us about your race. You know, it was going smooth. I was running, like, I would say 15th to 20th in that range the whole race, just trying to keep my nose clean. And I think it started up, like, fourth, fifth place on the trial. Well, they just kind of all got together, and I was just about through it. And I, one of the cars I thought was coming down across the track he um just straightened square up right in front of me and i was keeping an eye on my mirror behind me and there was really just no room to go it was either hit him or slam the guy right next to me and i hit him 
But I managed to get back out, pick up, I think, two more spots later in the race. So salvaged some points there. It was um, it was a rough night, but I learned a lot. And I actually ran a lot better than I was expecting. So that felt really good. It was a good confidence boost. Yeah. Yeah, teammate David Flowers, he ran with us as well and got wrecked out as well. I don't know where he finished, but uh, I don't think he actually finished the race. So, uh, LSR TV, uh, they actually broadcast the top split of this uh, official series, and it looks like they're going to do that each and every week. So check that out at LSR TV, um, and you could see the big boys uh, mixing it up and. I think, guys, it was a good turnout. I think there were seven splits. I was in split five. And that tells you the kind of people that turned out for this series. Like, normally in NIS, I'm I'm in division, uh, or excuse me, split number three, maybe split number two, and occasionally split number one. But if I'm in split number five, that means everybody above me has got a higher I rating than me. So... I mean, it, all the big boys were here for this race. 283 drivers on the first week. Yep. And all of them, well, a lot of them of high I rating. So a majority of them above the 3,500 mark. So uh, kudos to everyone who turned out. Um, I was pleased with the turnout. I thought it was a good number. Like you said, almost 300. Yeah, I think when I was getting ready to get go out, I think it was right just shy of 300, but I was kind of thrown off by the way the qualifying format was, so it was just joining session that whole time, right up until that 6 o'clock mark for me. Oh, yeah, the qualifying. There, yeah, that threw me off, too. I remember starting the race, and it was a warm-up and then a race. There was no qualifying. So they're doing it like old school, like you do it the 15 minutes before. Yeah, it threw a lot of people off, too. Um, I think I was there when you guys were trying to join, and it didn't let you go right into a practice session, and there was a bunch of confusion. And I saw a lot of complaining about it, too, from other people uh, that I raced with. And I don't know. I feel like there should be more. Maybe I didn't read it, but there should be at least something posted about the, the, the way it's set up for this so it doesn't cause any more confusion. Right, and why wouldn't they just mimic how every other official series is run, you know? Why would they do this differently? It doesn't make, it doesn't any, make sense. any sense. Reverting back to 2012. I think this mimics how they do it with Peak, although I know Peak is a hosted session, uh, but it also sets up where they have the race starting about 8.05 Central Time, 9.05 Eastern uh, for the coverage for the streaming for LSR TV. That's true. You you lose the five minutes of qualifying, you know. And I think even the grid was shorter than normal. Wasn't two minutes? No, I think it was one, if oh, I wow. recall. I don't know. What the heck's the rush? I mean, everybody's there. We all know how it sets up. We all know how it used to be. And there wasn't really any complaining when they integrated qualifying into the race. I believe everybody really wanted that. So why would they revert, especially for their premiere series yeah it doesn't make any sense but i guess i'll have to qu- try to qualify early tonight and remember to do that so what is it 15 minutes before the session i think so 
but I'm not certain. Yes, qualifying opens 15 before. Yeah, so the next event is tonight. Uh, plan on running that. All right, let's jump into topics. Tony, what's up first? Well, uh, Black Friday sale is up. It comes every year. Um, this year, that's uh, 25% off. Um, I mean, heck, it's it's still a great deal. So, you know, one-year renewal is uh, $82.50. Regular price is 110 And if you want to go for two years, it's uh, down to $149.25. Regular price, $199.00. Um, I, I took, I took advantage of the sale, the summer sale and, and got my year. So I, I don't need to take advantage of this one. Um, but yeah, you need a renewal. This is the time to do it. I'm a terrible member. I mean, iRacing probably loves me because I always pay by the month and I hand them over $13 every month and I'm pretty lazy. So I just keep forgetting about fixing that and paying by the year. I always pay way in advance. I actually went and looked at mine to see when I'm uh, paid up through, and it's December of next year, of 2018, so I got more than a year left. So I'm not going to do it. Uh, who else? Uh, who else? Uh, do you guys all renew? I know I was on a three months, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to do mine here in a week or so before that sells up, just because I did three months initially to see if I would li- like iRacing, and then right when my renewal was up, I had like some work stuff and I had another job lined up and there was just a lot of unknowns. And then actually I didn't get the uh, this job I was going for. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to do another three months and then at the start of the new year, go for that. And it's actually worked out perfect timing. So I'm definitely going to hop on that because I'm hopefully going to be here for quite a while on iRacing. This is a great sim. Yeah, I'll be buying another year um, come this Friday. I will also be buying in. This is basically my first full year. I've been going since April, and I loved it so much. Like, it's been a great time, even in the races where you got people that are all sorts of angry, but uh, the camaraderie makes it worth it. So uh, these are the sales that we get. I also found it interesting that unlike the summer sale, this is one year and two year only. The summer sale, they did a discount on three months, uh, renewals as well, uh, but only one year and two years this time around. Yeah, and I, I should add that uh, this offer is only valid through till December six, so uh, it's a limited, very limited time. And new memberships, if you're brand new, fifty percent off. Those people always get the best deals. I kind of jealous. Yeah, when I uh, when I joined up, I'm now into my second year. I can't even believe that. But when I did join up, I took uh, I took advantage of that fifty percent. Actually, I think I had sixty percent off because it, it it was quite cheap. I think the new people need to get a better deal than the regulars because that's what draws them in. You know, I think I had a really smoking deal when I first started iRacing, and I I bought a three month thing, and I got a free track or something. They had some kind of package, and it was a good deal. Yeah, I had a similar deal. I got, I think, three months for 10 bucks, and it, it came with a, with a track and a, a truck. 
course, it's not the truck that we use anymore, so it didn't do a whole lot of good, but... Yeah, mine was the uh, Indy Special, I remember, 2010 Indianapolis and the uh, Delara Indy car, and obviously that car has been put to pasture now, but it was fun whizzing around on that when I had no idea what I was doing seven years ago. <laughs> Going 220. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't take this turn full throttle. Well, yeah, this is the time. Now, they only do these sales... It traditionally now is July 4th and now Black Friday is when these sales are. So if you don't get it down, done now, you're not going to see a sale until July 4th is likely. For reoccurring members, anyway. I tell people to, uh, my friends that like to go on hiatuses, it's like, look, you've been playing the sim for how long and how much money have you put into it? I, I don't think you should just quit that soon. I mean, some of us have put thousands of dollars into just iRacing. I know my computer is dedicated to just the Sims, so that's one way of looking at it. Oh, yeah. I'm committed, so... <laughs> With the podcast and everything. But, uh... <laughs> they have me for life, that's for sure. Yeah, the way I look at it is I used to play um like games like Overwatch and stuff where you buy loot boxes every so often to get skins. Um, I mean, I, I play this a lot more than I do or I ever did that. So, and I feel like I'm getting better. It's like, I have no issue when it comes to buying cars and stuff. It is nice to see the sales though for the membership and everything. So. Okay. Next topic. Uh, somebody posted up in everything I racing on Facebook, a, a group, uh, there, uh, kind of an interesting question. I thought we'd just, uh, bring it up and see what you guys think. Uh, what makes y'all want to drive in leagues instead of official? And I guess you could, you know, turn the question around the other way. Why do you want to run in official instead of leagues? What do you guys think? I've been racing in the league for uh, almost two years now, and I actually brought on two of our teammates here uh, for just something casual to do on Sundays. They used to offer money uh, to the champion. And this is one of the rare leagues that actually offered money without a buy-in. I actually took the champion that year and both the race, like they had like a kind of like a Winston million deal where there's two races in the season that offered extra cash. Um, I won everything outright and I was hooked after that, but they don't offer cash anymore, but it's still fun. You get to know a lot of the people you're racing with, and uh, it's more, it's kind of like racing on a team almost, but you're just against everybody. You all help each other out, and um, you can, I feel like you can make more confident passes with people that you race around every single week versus uh, ranking. And yeah, you don't have to worry about rank going up or down. Yeah, not worrying about I rating is a big plus with the league. I think. Uh, the other way around is when there's at human admins, uh, things can get biased. And I've seen it. I've experienced it. It doesn't happen in every league, but it happens. And yeah. uh, that's why I like official racing. I think that's why I'm drawn to official because I don't want that bias in my races. There definitely is. Um, luckily, this league is very good about not having any. Um but if they're more veteran 
or higher performing drivers do make a case of like they're unhappy or there's something wrong with the league, they'll listen to them. Um, they'll they'll take their word over a lot of other people. Not like who wrecked who, but say there's just like they're unhappy with this rule or such. You know, they'll they'll take that into account. Yeah. I know I started getting into sim racing with a uh, league and project cars and I've played racing Sims mostly on PlayStation from like Gran Turismo. I had NASCAR 2001, 2003 all the way up through. And once online gaming started, like there was always that one guy who would just launch into turn one and take everybody out. And then I joined a league with that. And it was the first time I've played a, a racing sim where it was actually I could feel confident passing people and battling and it was a lot of fun then eventually I evolved into iRacing and even their official races are much better than any other sim I've ever played and I'm sure a league in iRacing is, takes it to that next level again where it's even more realistic there's human officials there to separate and make calls I'm sure there can be pros and cons to it there's I mean there's two sides but I would say just league racing in general, from my experience, I haven't done it on iRacing. It does provide a a better environment for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons both ways. And I think a, a good, healthy mix of both is probably the, the most prudent thing. I myself have been leaning towards official um, because of the matchmaking. I, I know when I run an NIS and it gets 250, 300, sometimes even 400 signups. I'm going to be put in a split with people around my skill level. Yes, there's going to be some people with I ratings that are low-ish that may be better skilled and just had a bad week or something, but I know their skill level is going to be similar to my skill level, and I, I like the matchmaking aspect aspect of that. I did join a league, and like I, I did a race one week with them, in trucks, and their good people were really good, and I just couldn't keep up. This was also much, much earlier. I'd probably be a little, little better now, uh, but I, it, it just didn't feel fun, like driving in the back the whole time. Where in official, I can at least drive in the middle before I get wrecked. Yep, that's a huge point. I ran a, a big league where there were pros in that league, and they always won. And I was always a, a lap car, you know. I was a back marker, but that's the way it was in that league. And it, like you said, it's a whole different experience. I think that's why I like official as well, because you're grouped with people of your same skill, um, and that works. And in the league, that might not be the case. Uh, the league that I was uh, mentioning before, I was actually they constantly make changes during each season and it's brought the fields much closer together. Um, I, like I said, I won the championship outright in that one season, but ever since then I'm actually just a top five car. Now I'll win occasionally, but they, they attract quite a crowd and it's uh, made a lot of, they have very proactive admins, which I like a lot. It's a lot of work to run a league. That's the other thing. I mean, those people that, run it and manage it and admin it they put in a lot of extra time to make that happen you know and uh and when with official you know nobody has to do that so that's another difference obviously all right let's jump to the next topic uh tony what do you got 
All right, well, next we got uh, Inside Sim Racing uh, post about McLaren hiring the, they're becoming the first company to actually recruit a director of esports. So this is on the heels of the world's fastest gamer competition, and they have actually signed an esports director now. Uh, so the article is about what does the director of esports do, uh, who Ben Payne is, the person that they hired, and, and just goes uh, goes over a little about what they're expecting McLaren to put out with, with this new division. Yep. Uh, also, World's Fastest Gamer put out a video uh, on Twitter about the Brazilian Grand Prix. Uh, and the finalists uh, getting ready for that event and actually running it. They show uh, pictures of the sims that they're running. Uh, it's pretty cool-looking setup. Uh, they, they're actually at the McLaren facility, and uh, they actually got to watch, from an engineer's perspective within the facility, the actual Brazilian Grand Prix when they ran it, and got to hear you know, that audio and that communication between the factory and the the team, you know, in Brazil, uh, it was a quite interesting experience. It looks like uh, Gregor Hutu won, which uh, should be no surprise. Definitely got the best of the best names in that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, the The equipment, the facility that they're in is. Uh, Oh, it looks so nice. It's amazing. All right. Uh, next topic, I'll take that one. There's a forum post, uh, and it kind of caught my eye because somebody posted up, hey, I can't race. Uh, it doesn't work. I'm glitching all over the place. It makes me invisible. The S-bar goes red. Well, Randy Cassidy from the uh, staff actually posted, Hey, your CPU in AMD A6-6310 is too slow to run the sim part properly. It is only 60% of the speed of the slowest AMD CPU that we support. And I thought it was interesting that the iRacing staff actually has a clue what processor this guy's running. How do they know that? Big Brother is always watching. <laughs> Someone far more intelligent than me knows exactly how it does it, but I'll just stick to Big Brother as well. Well, it's pretty cool that somebody says, hey, I got a problem, and the staff actually takes a moment to go look this guy up in their computer or whatever and, and say, okay, well, you don't meet minimum spec. You know, that's the problem. I think it's also pretty cool that they, yeah, like you said, they took the time, but they're also willing to like look at the guy's information because I'm sure it, it gets sent to them constantly, like as a server ping. I'm guessing that's how they know, um, and they can just like break down the issue immediately for him and actually write out a full paragraph to tell him what the problem is. I time just to upgrade. <laughs> I just wonder how much work that is for them to do because I think it'd be nice if they had. Um, some way you could test your equipment before you sign up for iRacing or once you start to have problems to help diagnose those problems quicker. And this guy's probably been trying to race for a while and been having such a hard time and is probably upset with iRacing. And I'm, now he probably understands why, but if we could have some kind of check of our system before we get to that level, 
um, could hopefully help clear up some fields and minimize some of that warping and stuff. Well, I know they have uh, a site out there, and I I want to think it's uh, you know can I play it uh, something or other? You put your specs in, and um, it'll tell you if it, if if you can play a certain game or not, and and what you need to to be able to play it. I played iRacing on my tablet a few years ago just to see if it would run, and it definitely did run. So I have to imagine that guy's processor is pretty ancient. I'm sure um, there's a few people, at least even on the iRacing forum, that would be happy to donate them their old motherboard and processor. Yeah, it's got to be like an old, old, old laptop. I think in the in the response, he even said he had onboard graphics. Uh, he's not even using a graphics card. Right. So. Yikes. I mean, that's what I started with. It was an old Dell Inspiron or whatever the heck uh, laptop. And a friend let me just borrow it. And I had it set up to a Walmart table with my DFGT. And I went to town in the Legends in 2010. And slowly but surely, and now I'm at my current... Uh, 1070 with uh, Ryzen R7. Nice. All right, Tony, how about the next topic? Uh, another uh, another forum post. Um, in preparation for the 2018 NIS season, here is the updated version of my earlier thread, the 2017 NIS drivers without teams in this thread. Um They'll uh, also be including not only drivers looking for teams, but teams looking for drivers. Now, uh, last year or earlier this year, the, this post was up, and you know it's a, it's a great idea if you if you're trying to get on a team and for teams looking for for drivers. Um, I took a quick peek at it today, and uh, he has he has done a a real nice job um, getting all the information out there and. Uh, and, and kind of keeping it nice and neat and tidy. Um, so, you know, uh, people communicating with each other just do direct PMs rather than clog up the, the forums. Um, I, I thought it was a great idea uh, earlier this year, and, and he's, he's most definitely improved on it. Um, it. It's good stuff. Anybody looking for teams or uh, looking for drivers uh, really need to check this out if they haven't already. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of participation yet, really, but it, it, like you said, it looks nice. It's a good presentation. Uh, it's a good idea. You know, it's kind of a matchmaking, you know, uh, situation for NIS. And, you know, I guess NIS is big enough and most, you know, popular enough that people realize you need to kind of group into teams. Uh, it's the only way you're really going to be competitive is by having a support structure behind you. So. So, uh, yeah, people are trying to, uh, you know, find teams. I'm sure this thread will gain some traction as we get closer to Daytona. We are basically three months ahead of schedule on this thread. So with 2018 not starting for a while, uh, but I, I know I've said on the podcast before, and I'll say it again to the listeners that don't have a team, this is so much more fun when you can be on TeamSpeak with people that are that are rooting you on, that are saying good job, that are saying nice nice save, that are there to be your spotters when they wreck out, and someone that you can spot when you're not having a good night. Um, I definitely do not think I'd still be playing iRacing at this point if it 
wasn't for that camaraderie the team team gives. So even if you just try it out for a couple weeks with, with a group of people, if you don't like them, there's plenty of teams out there you can find. Just leave them. Uh, but I think it really makes a difference. Yeah, it's fun to race with other people on TeamSpeak for sure. All right, uh, let's keep moving. Uh, another uh, neat topic in the forum. Uh, hey, if you were, uh, what real driver would you compare yourself with? Is the question. And so I'm going to ask each of uh, each of you in here, uh, what driver would you in in real life? Do you does your style or that you match? I guess I'll start out. I always thought I was. Uh, Michael Waltrip, because I can only seem to win at the restricted race. <laughs> that's that's fitting, right? Yeah, I mean he's a funny guy too, and I, I don't know anybody that dislikes him. Yeah, so I'll take Michael Waltrip. What about you, James? Who would you be? Um, cliche, but I think uh, Junior or maybe Harvick, just because I'm pretty conservative um, until it matters at the end, and I tend to keep my nose clean. I don't really know many times during Junior's career that he has like purposely wrecked anyone or had like a bad attitude. And I know Harvick kind of gets the fire under him, but he's known as the closer now. So I'd like to think of myself towards that. Yeah, closer. Chris, what about you? Uh, I would probably have to say Kurt Busch. Um, I have a, uh, I get pretty aggressive, not, not overly aggressive where I'll take somebody out, but I will, um, you know, I'll run them tight. I'll try to make them make a mistake. Um, I do like his aggressiveness. That's why I say that. All right, Jason. Controversial picks allowed. It's your choice. I mean, who do you match? I'd say Danica Patrick because I'm out of my league. <laughs> okay. That uh, kind of paints wow. a funny picture in my head for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why you went there. Right? But, uh, so it's hard for me to say because I, I know that I'm not the skill that I need to be at yet. So I don't know that I've really found uh, kind of my shtick yet. Uh, I only said that because she has a bunch of wrecks and I wreck every week. Okay. okay, Tony. I was gonna say most of the time I see her in Rex. It's not really her fault all the time. Um, she just, I think, has a bad luck charm carried around with her. Yeah, I can relate to that too. <laughs> uh, myself, I, I'm I'm still really finding my style. But uh, if if I gotta put a name to it, I would say uh, Kyle Larson. Um, he likes that top line. I love that top line. And we're both uh, been great at uh, blowing our motors. There you, <laughs> go. there you go. All right, William, what do you got? You know, I'm glad I got to go last because I had more time to think, but I haven't really come up with nothing too good. Um, I would say maybe Clint Boyer. Um, I do okay out there. I have nothing special, but I really love running dirt. So um, if I had to pick one, he gets a little heated. Sometimes I can as well. Um, nothing too bad, but um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say uh, Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer, all right. Well, that was fun. All right, Tony, what's next? Oh, this is a big one. This, uh, they're talking about the December software update, and uh, we got a lot coming. Um, the first uh, first thing up is uh, 
it's about global rally cross they um they did confirm they will not be releasing it uh early um but they're they're on track to be uh releasing it with the uh with the new update yep yep they're on track with that uh he mentions you know there's going to be two cars initially for global rally cross one will be free um, you'll have free tracks as well. Um, there are going to be three tracks total, uh, uh, one of them being free. And, uh, boy, a whole laundry list of stuff here for the next update. Um, he's going to have heat races uh, are going to be available for dirt ovals and short pavement ovals, as well as Global Rallycross. Uh, we're hoping to get heat racing involved and hosted as well. No guarantee on that. What else did you see? Um, as we've we've talked before, they're also planning to release a new dirt oval and dirt road license types. Um, you know, and and they brings up again in regard to the dirt road license. Everyone will be starting from scratch as rookies, and for their for the oval license, uh, they come up with uh, a different convention. Um, that, that we've, uh, we've talked about is going to, based on how many times you race and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Cause I'm going to probably start running dirt stuff once that license comes out. That's really what I'm looking forward to. Uh, they're also releasing a new dirt midget car and a new dirt track Knoxville. Uh, they're doing updates to the physics on the stock cars, which that's kind of a new one. I don't think we've heard that. No, we. I don't. I think you're right on that. That that that's been hush hush up until this point. Yep, and they're going to release the pit crew animations for all the high level stock cars. I uh, he, he said there's uh ten cars off the top of its head that will have it. And there's and also there's a. Ver- a variety of upgrades and improvements to the to the new UI. Um, I know, Mike, you're not a big fan of this one, but uh, it, it's it's coming, and uh, you know they're going to continue working on it, getting it perfect, and um, getting everybody moved over to it. I'm thinking those animated pit crews are going to make broadcasted races a lot more in depth. Well, I understand you can only see your own; you can't see others, and I have no I have idea no what idea. you're going to see when you're looking at it from above. Hmm. Yeah, that animated picker stuff is... I really, really hope they get it right the first time and not use so many resources. Um, I have a 1080, and, and I still can't run everything at totally high, but that will be that will be cool. Yeah, I hope my graphics card can keep up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, pretty big uh, update coming, guys. Uh, lots of stuff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Let's keep going. We're right into the hardware section. Uh, I'll take the first one here. Uh, F1SimGames.com is selling a customized button box. It's F1SimGames.com. And it looks pretty nice. It's a carbon fiber front. It's got some nice colored push buttons with really nice looking labels, uh, flip switch and everything. Uh, what do you guys think? 
Yeah, this one uh, kind of sets itself apart from most of the other ones that I've seen. Um, I like the uh, um, the addition that you can, um, with the button box, use the buttons on your steering wheel. And uh, because it has the little uh, displays and stuff, I think that's where it's going to kind of integrate with that. Yeah, now this is a European. Uh, the price is... 220 euros plus 20 euros for shipping to the u.s and it looks nice enough i could put it in my time attack car yeah it's uh i like the colors and and the labels really stand out i don't know why but i guess it's white on a color very easy to mash during racing so you don't really have to focus on too much right well pretty cool if you're looking for a button box check that out all right, Tony, what's next? Um, Fanatec, uh, another wheel, club sport steering wheel. Uh, looks like it's a, a formula steering wheel, um, colored black. It's. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of new stuff to it. I mean, it's 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 pretty. Like it it looks nice. Um, Looks like it's got a variety of buttons, and it's you know it's got your display and your um, your uh, RPM meter up top with the lights and yeah, it's pretty nice. I, I I really like the quick release system. I mean, it looks like a proper Formula One style, you know, quick release. Yeah, pretty yeah, cool pretty wheel. If you would need a Formula One wheel, anyway. Uh, that one's 229.95 pounds, uh, so that's also European. All right, next up, guess what? New VR goggles. This time it's Samsung. They call it the Odyssey. It's a premium Windows VR headset. And what's funny is I'm looking at this article. It's on roadtovr.com. And across the top is a big advertisement for the Oculus Rift, <laughs> even though it's uh, the Samsung Odyssey. But uh, what do you guys think? This is a pretty nice-looking uh, VR goggle setup, and apparently it's got uh, much nicer uh, displays. I wish I could use that sort of thing. It always gives me headaches, but maybe one day something with high enough uh, resolution I'll, I'll be able to use it. But this one, it says it has 1440 by 1600 per eye. So that's quite high. It's higher than the Rift and the Vive, it says as well. Yep. Now, also, they're, uh, they're not using LCD displays. They're using the OLED, which is, uh, well much nicer um a lot crisper um so i i'm sure that's going to make a heck of a heck of a difference um plus it's got uh integrated audio it's built right into the into the headset yeah there's a little earpiece that kind of thing yeah the oculus it, it looks like an oculus actually because you had the earpieces too with the with the rift and that resolution um, when I when I had an Oculus, I could never get the resolution right for me to to enjoy it. It looks like you're sitting in the vehicle. That's awesome, but with the resolution not being 
you know, what you have it with three screens, that's a huge, that's a huge, that's a big deal to me anyway. Well, maybe this fixes that. You know, the price is four ninety nine, so it's it's the right price. That's a good value. Yeah, that's a great price. I know what I want for Christmas now. There you go. <laughs> and that's part of the reason for that Oculus Rift ad sale that you see. Putting it on sale for three ninety nine because four ninety nine was the Oculus Rift price. And they can no longer compete compete with this Samsung Odyssey. Yeah, oh, yeah. What? just on the resolution alone, it's it's worth the the new one, right? Yeah, one thing that makes this headset special is with the Oculus and the Vive, you actually have to have camera sensors to detect where your head is. This one uses two cameras inside of the head to monitor everything outside. So when you're actually setting it up, it's actually a lot easier because you have a lot less peripherals to kind of work around. So huh. you don't you don't need to set the sensors up on the side of your of where you're you're at is that what you're saying yeah if you look at the headset up the front there's like the two dimples on the headset those are actually cameras to actually track where everything is they call it like inside out tracking i actually played with the hp version of this not the samsung one and um all the people i know that have tried the samsung one say it's amazing um the hp one was nice i kind of prefer my oculus a little bit over that but I heard the, this is a very, very nice headset because um, I, I know I race with the Oculus and the resolution. I mean, it's good, but it's just not quite there. And if this bumps it to the next level, I think that's going to really open some doors, not only because of the better quality, because it, but also because it's easier to set up and easier to manage, especially on certain certain rigs. Yeah, plus pretty cool. The less wires you have with not having to set those sensors up, that's a. That's nice, too. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever get VR goggles, but if I were, I would be looking at these for sure. I'll definitely hope one day they make one I can use. I always toy around with them in Best Buy, and uh, my friends have a few, but uh, the migraines just come on so quick. If I play anything for too long, it's just uh, headache city for me, so... Uh, uh, maybe the sharper display, the OLED display, will help. Right. Yeah, Samsung makes uh, the best displays in the world, uh, some people would say. So you can't get much better than that. I mean, they make them for the new iPhone X, too. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the best televisions that are out there as well. All right, final topic. I'll take this one. Ty Majeski. The highest I-rating racer in iRacing uh, savers his next opportunity with Roush Fenway Racing. Comes up this weekend at Homestead. He's going to be in the 60 Xfinity car. So, uh, uh, boy, this should be a nice run for him. I hope he can get a good finish. I'm proud to say at one time in my iRacing career, I beat him at a late model track. I won't mention that he got wrecked by a lap car, but I did beat him. Hey, that's all counts, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the result sheet doesn't say wrecked by. No, it just, so, just says you higher than him. Yep, James O'Brien, first place. Ty Majeski, not first place. Nice, yeah. So he's getting a nice uh, ride. Looks like Ford is uh, doing the sponsorship uh, for this event. So, can you know, good job to Ford to step up and put this guy in a car. 
I, you know, I'm still wondering why he isn't in Trevor Bain's ride. I, I still don't get it. The Trevor Bain experiment needs to end. I think that Daytona 500 uh, magic has kind of worn off by now. I know. How many years ago is that? And, you know, he hasn't done squat since. I mean, it was like uh, magical because it was the Wood Brothers car. But, you know, they, I think Wood Brothers are real lucky now. They actually have a really good driver in their seat. And nothing against Trevor Bain, but I could think of five other drivers that would love to have his seat. You know, another thing, too, is he may be in a, obviously, he's in a multi-year deal. He maybe is bringing quite a quite a bit of money to that to Roush. So, you know, if there were, you you would think if he was going to be out the door, there would definitely be some talk about it well before Ken Seth being being gone. Yeah, the sponsor is probably tied to Bain. That's the reason he's there. Yep. Kind of like Eric Almarola going to Stuart Haas. So, you know, how ridiculous is that? I don't know. I think that uh. Eric's a pretty good driver. I don't. I mean, I would only give him one more opportunity, honestly. But there's some flashes of grace from him that I've seen. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but you know, he's clearly bringing the sponsor. That's the reason he's getting the ride. Oh know. yeah, Smithfield. Yeah. I don't. Uh, does he have family with them? Because I know Paul Menard had Menards for his entire career, and. Um, I never really see sponsors travel with a driver very often. I mean, you'd think Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have Budweiser iconically follow him, but even with the video they put out today, like thanking him for his entire career, I mean, in Hendrick being a family friend, it, it's just weird to see a smaller-time driver have a sponsor follow them over. Yeah, it's rare, but it happened, obviously, so... Um, all right, and then also Ty Majeski this last week, he won again, guys. He won the 52nd Annual Governor's Cup, which is a very popular super late model race. Uh, he's won it uh, three consecutive years in a row. It's at New Smyrna Speedway. And the kid's on fire. I mean, I, I mean, why not put him in a cup car? I just don't get it. Uh Here's another win to, to prove it, you know? Maybe Roush is just kind of on the fence with young kids. Because, um, I mean, I know his system hasn't been at the top tier like it used to be in the late 90s. So maybe he's just trying to take it easy now. He knows he has something good and probably one of the best young drivers out there right now. And he just wants to mold him correctly. Yeah. Well, at least put him in the. I, I, I'm glad they're you know putting him in the Xfinity at least for Homestead. You know, if they can find a sponsor, maybe they can you know run him hold the whole year next year or something. But no, there hasn't been any announcements. All right, let's uh, jump into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Burling, what do you got? Well, hey, I'm I'm glad to be part of the team. I appreciate it. I think we're I think uh, we're going to have a good time and. Um, you know, it looks like one more race there in Miami, and then I'm um, looking forward to next year. Thanks, guys. Well, you're welcome. Uh, glad you're here. Jason Daniels, final thoughts. Long season comes to an end next week, uh, but I don't think the preparations stop there. I think uh, there's a lot of work that we can do on the team to keep things rolling, get a practice schedule, and keep people engaged over the holidays, and uh, be ready for Daytona, and maybe... Uh, 
put on some performances in the pro races as well. Yes, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, running tonight in the pro. All right, uh, James O'Brien, thanks for joining. What's your final thought? Yeah, it's a rare podcast for me. Uh, to me, the off season is the most busy time, uh, in my opinion. You have a lot of prep to do, and you can build a setup database, or at least base uh, setups, and then research and practice. And uh, to me, it's a good time to join a league if you're interested, because you can even use the knowledge from that and translate it towards your uh, ranked season upcoming. Yep. All right. Uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts. Well, my final thought is more of a, a reflection on, on NIS this year. Um, this is my first year NIS. I didn't get as many starts um, as, as I wanted to. You know, I didn't have all the tracks or my life got crazy busy. Um, but, you know, I put in enough to, to have it leaving a very good taste in my mouth. Um, and, and, and I grew a lot as a driver. You know, I was uh, when I first started, I was... Um, you know, right near the back finishing all the time and, you know, come closing to the end of the season, I've been, I've been pulling in a lot of top tens, um, just work on my I rating now, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we got, we still got one more, one more race to go and then, and we're off for a couple months, but, uh, I'm looking forward to, to Homestead. Haven't raced it yet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great fun year. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right, uh, William Gibson. Final thoughts. I, you know, I'm kind of feel the same way as Tony. I'm just, I'm kind of new to this, new to the the NIS series. But uh, with Phoenix and Homestead coming up, I'm really excited for. I feel like I um, got into iRacing racing for the dirt stuff, but meeting you guys and doing this has been phenomenal, a ton of fun. I just can't wait for next next year and next season and really develop a lot more as a driver and see where it takes me. Um, I know you said you got. 89th is about where you're going to land this year. So that's where I'm aiming for next year. So um, just I'm excited for the season coming up. I wish I started a little earlier, but I feel like it's a perfect time with the way iRacing is developing everything. I think it's a great time to be a member of iRacing and great member to great time to be a member of this team. Well, thank you uh, for joining. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, well, we're coming up on the hundredth podcast. It'll probably be uh, early December. Um, that's quite a milestone for any podcast in the podcast industry. Um, so glad to everybody who's been involved. Thank you so much for making it work. Uh, I'm also, you know, excited about the end of the season, uh, see where I land. And I'm kind of astonished by looking at the points and, you know, like you said, 89th in points. I used to be 20th in points, you know, the year before, man, what's changed. And I can tell you the competition has gotten deeper and better and it's amazing how hard it is on iRacing especially this particular series to excel and I think Kyle Larson actually said it once in an interview a few weeks ago that it's actually harder to win on iRacing than it is in real life and he actually believes that when he said it and it's true and uh yeah it's uh it's very competitive so I'm very happy to be a part of the series to be like you said in the top 100 is is obviously a, a milestone as well. So uh, as far as the team, Tifosi, uh, we've added some people. I think we're still looking for a little more to round us out. Uh, we're going to keep running the Pro Series to stay, you know, 
warmed up for the the 36 week season and we've been trying to just you know talk and muster support you know and and get everybody uh thinking the same thing so uh we'll start practices like you said working on setups and that kind of thing so with that we'll see you later Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.